Episode 12 was Chanyuan Treaty, Too High a Price for Peace. Hello and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. The Song Dynasty was far richer than every dynasty before it, including the Han and the Tong. Why was its economy so strong? The answer is the basis of the story we're going to talk about today, the Chanyuan Treaty. The secret of the Song Dynasty's economic strength lay in the connection between the Song Dynasty and the Northern Dynasties of Liao, Jin, and Western Xia. The relationship between the Song and the Liao in the north was very similar to the one between the Xiongnu and the start of the Han Dynasty. After Emperor Taizu established the Song Dynasty, he swept across the country and conquered the south of China, wiping out kingdoms such as the Southern Tong and Wu Yue. Song Taizu once said his best-known line was, How can, How can I, I allow, allow others, others to sleep, sleep beside my, my own bed? bed? The surrounding countries of the northern Song dynasty were the targets he wanted to conquer, especially in the 16 prefectures of Yan and Yun, which were later ceded to the Liao by the Jin dynasty just 22 years before the establishment of the Song dynasty. The 16 prefectures of Yan and Yun were a historical region in northern China that ran along the Great Wall in today's Beijing, Tianjin, and northern Hebei and Shanxi provinces. There were also areas the emperors of the Song dynasty were eager to regain. After founding the Song, the empire entered border conflicts with the Liao. In 1004 CE, the Liao aggressively invaded the Song. The Liao army went deep into the Song realm and reached Chanzhou on the banks of the Yellow River. Chanzhou is today's Puyang in Hunan province. The Song dynasty at that time was under the reign of Emperor Jinzong. He was very scared, as were many of his ministers who persuaded him to leave right away and relocate the capital south. There were two options for that relocation. One, moving to Nanjing, and the other was Chengdu. Both were good places. During the discussion, a minister named Kuljun stood up. He urged Song Junzong to lead his army to fight in the north. He believed that morale of the soldiers would be boosted greatly and that the Liao army would be unable to cross the Yellow River. Junzong was the third generation of emperor after the founding of the Northern Song dynasty, and he was somewhat energetic. He agreed with Jun and went north to confront the Liao army in Chanzhou. At that time, the Liao army was not in a favorable situation. Their commander had been shot dead by the Song army during an inspection. Moreover, the Liao army had advanced all the way from their home in the north, down south to the Yellow River, but did not occupy all the northern Song cities along the way. So in other words, there were enemy troops behind them. If the Song army counterattacked, the Liao army would be trapped between Sila and Charybdis. This type of long-distance raid meant going deep into the enemy's territory and required fighting fast for a quick win. And when they saw that even the emperor of the Song had come to the front line in person, the Liao wanted to negotiate peace. The Song dynasty was also anxious to communicate with the invaders. The situation was so bad that the court even discussed escaping and relocating the capital. Since the other party proposed a peace talk, the Song were willing. But in order to make peace, there had to be a bottom line. Song Junzong told his representative, as long as, long as the Song, Song dynasty, dynasty does not, not need to cede the, the land, land, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter if we give more money. money. The representative asked, 
Then give me an accurate number. How much can we give? The emperor replied, At worst, I will permit one million tails of silver a year. Each tail weighed about 40 grams. However, Kojun quietly spoke to the negotiator, saying, Although the emperor agreed to one million tails of silver, if the result of your negotiation exceeds 300,000, I will behead you. You are listening to Some You Missed in Chinese History, written and produced by Shuka Wong, presented by Patrick Thunley. After the negotiation, the emperor sent a eunuch to ask how much the Liao wanted in payment. The representative showed him three fingers. The eunuch returned to the emperor and mistakenly told him that it was three million tails of silver. The emperor said, too expensive. Later, upon discovering it was actually 300,000, he was so happy that he rewarded the negotiator. The Song and the Liao signed the agreement in Tianzhou, which was called Qianyuan in ancient times. So it became known as the Qianyuan Treaty. There were four key points in the treaty. First, the Song and Liao dynasties became a brotherhood. At that time, the Liao emperor was younger, so he treated Song Zhenzong as his elder brother. Second, the border remained unchanged, but an extradition treaty was added. If anyone on either side committed a crime and ran across the border, the other country would send them back. Third, every year the Song would provide the Liao with 100,000 tails of silver and 200,000 pieces of silk. The total amount was 300,000 tails of silver. And fourth, a market was set up on the border to allow both sides to trade freely. It's believed that the Qianyuan Treaty is the first equal contract between the Han and the Hu in Chinese history. So as we can see, in the past, when the Hu were strong and the Han regime was weak, the Han would send princesses and money to make peace, which was not equal. When the Han government was strong and defeated the Hu, there was no treaty then either, with the Hu submitting to the Han. So how was a treaty a fair deal this time? Well, first, the cost of purchasing peace was smaller than waging war. We know that the economy in the south of China had been strong, while that in the north, it was much weaker. If there was no treaty guaranteed back then, it was certain that the north would rob the south. The treaty guaranteed 120 years of peace between the Song and the Liao. During this period, the Song dynasty saved a huge amount in war expenses. 300,000 tails of silver each year was only 1% of wartime military expenditure. 1% is not what I said, but those are the words of Fu Bi, the minister of the Song dynasty. According to him, it might take 30 million tails of silver to fight a year of war. From his perspective, the cost of peace was much smaller. Secondly, according to the Qianyuan Treaty, a market for commercial trade on the border was set up. At that time, the Song sold spices, rhino horns, ivory, tea, porcelain, lacquerware, rice, silk, and many other items. The Liao could sell only sheep, horses, and camels, nothing else. There was a vast difference between their products and technical content. By relying on mutual trade alone, the Song Dynasty made a profit of 800,000 tails of silver from the Liao every year, after earning the 300,000 for the Liao. During those 120 years, the Song earned tens of millions of tails of silver. This first fair agreement between the Hu and the Han opened a new chapter in their relationship. 
So you may ask, why did the Liao agree to this treaty? The Song were not easy to defeat. Their weaponry was one of the best of the dynasties established by the Han Chinese. In contrast, the Liao Kingdom might not have had this financial capability. On the other hand, the Liao had completed a transformation from a nomadic nation to a conquering dynasty. The northern nomads we talked about before, such as the Xiongnu or Tujua, the Turks, had no requirements for land. They ran to places belonging to the Han, robbed them, then got out of there. But Liao was different. It occupied the northern part of China, then ruled and managed it. Liao's rulers had to consider local conditions and customs. They were eager to have equal exchanges with the Song dynasty. So a treaty of equality was desired. The situation in the Liao kingdom was a bit like that of the northern Wei dynasty. Remember the story of Emperor Xiaowen from the Xianbei tribe who we talked about in episode 8? Both the northern Wei and the Liao dynasties had to face the problems of sinicization and huization, but the strategy Liao chose was different. We'll talk about that in our next episode. Did you know that a heavy rain was responsible for the demise of a dynasty during which the Great Wall was built? Italian merchant and explorer Marco Polo finished his masterpiece about China in prison. An emperor proclaimed African giraffes as magical Chinese unicorns, Qilin. Follow the podcast, Stuff You Missed in Chinese History, to learn more fun facts during the past few thousand years in this country with Patrick Flannery. Thanks so much for listening to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. See you next time. Special thanks go out to Sanlian Zhongdu for their help in creating the content for this show. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. 